Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. I'm super excited for my... I'm always super excited for the guests that I have on um the show can you introduce yourself sure my name is Shelly Anand I use she her pronouns and I am um a lot of things I'm a mother uh, a wife a daughter daughter of immigrants um I'm a lawyer I do um labor and immigrant rights work and I'm a mom to two two kiddos in the south we live in Georgia so yeah, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Wow. So in other words, you are like super mom, basically. Oh God. <laughs> well, I don't want to hang that. Please, yeah, that's loaded. That's a loaded thing. It is. Uh, it's a lot. You, it's a lot. You are, so many women. So many women do a lot, and we just don't recognize it. There's so I many know. women that are mothers. They're caregivers for people beyond their immediate family. Some, you know, some of them work outside the home. Some of them are community organizers. We got, we got a lot of amazing women doing the thing out there. I love it. I love it. And I think it is one of those things. And I want to go back. There's so many questions I have for you. Um, I want to go back to daughter, which I think obviously kind of where it started. And you talk about being from immigrant parents. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Um, just sure. growing up in America, I guess. Yeah, and I grew up in the South. Um, I was born and raised in Georgia. Um, we moved around a little bit before uh, my fifth birthday or my sixth birthday. Um, so I've lived in places like Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, which I remember. We lived in Portland, Oregon, which I don't remember. We lived in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Wow. Just <laughs> this small town outside of our you know, community outside of Milwaukee. Um, that's where I started kindergarten. And then we came back here uh, when I was six. And um, yeah, it was something. I mean, I, you know, like, I think, I mean, I'm kind of like in this, I'm 35 now, and I'm kind of in this process of like self discovery, like thinking about my upbringing and my parents and my, my family back in India and our, our community raising, um, I'm raising, you know, biracial children uh, who are half Indian, half white. Um, so, yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, Desi uh, was really, really interesting. And my parents had like very different experiences with America, but in some ways, very similar experiences. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a lot of, um, I was in a lot of majority white spaces and had darker skin and, you know, um, something that happened when I was five. So I, my, I was born Shaylee Anand and one of my teachers, um, and we're trying to figure out who it was or what year it happened, um, just told me I was spelling my name wrong and that my name was Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y. And, um, so like my birth certificate, like if you watch these videos from Jackson, Mississippi, it's like my second or third birthday. And 
it might like Shaylee is written on a cookie cake, S-H-A-I-L-E-Y. Um, and so one teacher, yeah, just said that to me and I, I, be, I, you know, I decided that's how I wanted to spell my name as a small child and my parents didn't really fight it and they actually changed my birth certificate. Um, so that's, wow. I mean, that's never been a big deal to me like as a kid, but it's like something I'm kind of reflecting on now so many years later. And I remember when I got married, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to change my last name. Um, I didn't change my last name, but I did think about like, okay, this is a moment where people do this, right? They change their mm-hmm. names. I didn't think about going back, but you know, so that's a oh. whole thing. Right? So, it is. Um, it is. But I, I guess I, I guess I give that story kind of as it, um, it was kind of emblematic of a lot of things. But and it, I, I'm happy that you shared that. And I wanna, I wanna ask because I just wanna be sure. And how do, we, how do we say your name? So it's um, my name's Shelly, but it's Shelly Anand is like how it's pronounced in, okay. in Hindi. Okay. Wow. And then, yeah. And it's so funny because as a teacher who tends to believe in a lot of the anti-bias, anti-racist work that's happening in schools, um, names are so important. Uh, This is a a great example of um, just like, I think a great reflection, like I think reflection is so important. Um, It gets even more important as you get older. but I think it's a great reflection and a great way to look back on like how ch- names can really like impact your life. And like they are something that are there um, for lots of reasons. And I can see that connection that you would have had with with your name and mm-hmm. um, the questioning that you would have around why it was changed, why the teacher was giving you a hard time about it um we talk about those things in class with kids and we try to help kids also understand the, the meaning of their names or the names come from um so i i, I yeah I'm, i have a lot of questions that i'm not going to ask you as well <laughs> i know we don't have a lot of time <laughs> no 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 yeah no it's i mean it is interesting i mean i think also it was like something my parents did too like my dad's name is rajesh but in america he went by raj and Raj is a common name in India too, but people here were like, oh, is that short for Roger? And he's like, no, it's not. Wow. And then not my mom, but my mom's name is Vandana. And mm-hmm. she tried to go by Vanda for a time, but then people started calling her Wanda. And she's like, I'm not oh. doing that anymore. Oh no. So she's like, what, what is Wanda? Like, no, my name is Vandana. It means prayer in Sanskrit, like learn to say my name. And um, wow. Yeah, and like my dad like got rid of his accent in order to like succeed in this country. And wow. my mom refused to get rid of her accent, was like, that's stupid because people here have accents too. Totally. <laughs> um, but she got, you know, has been discriminated against, harassed for having mm-hmm. an accent. So wow. Wow. And it's and it's one of those things where I'm thinking now, I'm also wondering about your process in raising mixed kids and motherhood. And I'm curious of how that journey has been for you based on just like being so aware of some of the challenges that they may end up facing um, and some of the yeah. challenges that we we don't even know that they may face that, say, that, that haven't even kind of come out yet. Um, what are yeah. some of the things you're doing as a family to kind of prepare them for that? 
So we, I mean, we talk about their identity a lot, that they're half Indian, half white. Um, we talk, they have lighter skin, so they, they are white passing. And so we talk about that too, and, mm-hmm. and what it means to be white passing and the res- some of the responsibilities that come with that, you know, like um, being proud of our, our heritage, um, being, you know, being proud, be, learning our languages, um, you know, I, we talk a lot about race and racism. We talk about the police and police brutality. We talk about all of it. Um, and so those are things that I, I want my children to have a real conscious, I want them to have an anti-racist, you know, race consciousness about what this country can be like for, for black folks and people of color, um, what it can be, what, we went through what our family went through under you know British colonization and my grandparents were refugees from the partition of India and Pakistan Um, my parents were born in refugee camps so there's a lot there for them to like um, learn about and I'm slowly trying to drop bits and pieces and figure (laughs) out when they're age appropriate to learn what because they're little right like how old are they so Uma just turned four this past mm-hmm. Thursday, and Narayan will be seven this summer. Wow! And happy birthday! That must. Yeah, like yeah, we're having a little party tomorrow in a park outside. We were supposed to do Fun. it today. It rained, so hopefully it'll be nice weather tomorrow. Fun, um, fun. And I forgot to ask you, and I apologize. Like, yeah, how are things going with all? with all the things that have been happening, I hope things are going well with you and your family um, because I know that the world right now is just, it's tough and um, all families are yeah. going through different things, but I wanna just acknowledge that I know that I'm taking yeah, your time as well. No, there's a lot happening. There's a COVID epidemic in India right now. So many people are dying. The mm-hmm. US is not sending the materials it needs to send mm-hmm. uh, replicating empire once again um and yeah we had community members uh, this four Sikhs murdered <laughs> not so long ago here in Atlanta there was a shooting um we've had children be murdered in the last several days it's a it's a heavy time to mm-hmm. be a parent and a children's author and a lawyer and just a human it's mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. really it's been it's been a tough time for so all of it us it is it is i think that word is very fitting heavy very heavy because you yeah. you squint you close your eyes every morning you're like you're almost you're so unsure of what the day the day is going to to bring you um yeah. and just I mean, when you that, think yeah. it's getting a little bit better or you think that nothing else could happen but it's just like I don't know it's hard every it is hard I was texting with um I was texting with another author Nick Stone um our kids go to the same school so I'm name dropping now I am friends with Nick Stone Um, (laughs) we love Nick we love Nick (laughs) she's an amazing YA author but our kids go to the same school and um you know we got an email and I just, you know, this one person that's at our school, he was, I I went to the same school and he, um, 
I've heard things that he's like not great on race. Like he might be racially not all there. And so I was just like, I hope this is like for kids of color, like this email, like if you need to talk to someone, I was after the, the um, Derek Chauvin case, we got it, we all got an email. Um, and we were just talking about that day generally and like people are celebrating and you know, there's so it's such very complicated I read this tweet like it's a very complicated time to be an abolitionist um, and I was like this is so on point I'm like so uncomfortable right now I don't know what to say like so I was just like retweeting all these like black women abolitionists like okay they get it like I don't know as an Indian person I don't know what to say right now. um and you know and then she was like I you know I was like Nick thank you for everything that you do and um, she, she was like, you know, like this 15 year old just got killed the same day, this child, like what, what is this? Like, um, so it's, it, it is a really, really hard time, you know, like, um, you know, she, she I, I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to be a, a black mother to, uh, black children. That is, um, that's something I think about daily, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's that's what we what everyone needs to be thinking like. Like yeah. we all need like putting ourselves there um, and and operating from that vantage point. Yeah. Cause you you no mother would wake up and like I think now unfortunately, but you're not waking up thinking that it could happen. But now it's like, yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, I tell Narayan all the time, I'm like, now there have been two boys, children, who may have had fake toys, may have had real toys, like, I don't know what the details are, I'm not digging into what these children were or were not doing, they should not have been killed, Mm -hmm. Um, that point, like, that's just, that's a baseline, that's the baseline. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I'm just like we're, we're not playing with toy guns. Like that is how I bring this up to my my kid. I'm like, there have been two children killed for for doing what you're trying to do. And I don't know what the details of it, and that's a simplification. But that's how I how I talk about it. Yeah, and I'll and I'll say it. it's so interesting because you see all the time there could be mass mass shootings where there are white people walking around with guns and they come out alive yeah. which is and that's like, where i get terrified right as a brown woman i i like i mentioned when before we started recording like i represent immigrants mostly undocumented latinx workers in rural georgia in in counties where there are 287G agreements, and that means that there's a cooperation between the cops and ICE. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if a worker is driving and they get stopped for driving without a license, that begins the, you know, jail to prison pipeline, Um, jail to ICE detention to deportation pipeline, I mean. Um, And so, and my my parents have been so nervous because, you know, there was that that shooting, this man came down from, in, in Atlanta, came down from rural Georgia and went and attacked, you know, killed Asian women. And so my parents were like, Why, where are you going again? Where are you driving to alone as a brown of woman? Of course, right. Um, so, cause you know, Atlanta and Georgia are different places. And obviously there are these amazing 
spots like Savannah and um, mm -hmm. Albany, like all of these amazing hubs, but there's also a lot of places where um, looking like me and looking like our family uh, gets a lot of stares, so. Wow, wow, and it, it's just, yeah, it's really heartbreaking, it really is. Um, I, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about um, your process with your book, because um, I believe it's your first it's my book. debut. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. So I never, I mean, I've always loved writing. I, I've always had a journal since like a very young age. Um, and I've always, um, yeah, I've always just loved writing. I mean, mm -hmm. I love legal writing now, but I think also like I went to a liberal arts college and then I went to law school and like all that, like fluffy liberal arts, like <laughs> language, they just like ripped it out of me. Um, so I've always had a passion for like literature and reading and storytelling. Um, and so it was um, in 2017, um, I was on maternity leave with my daughter and a friend of mine who is um, also South Asian, she's Pakistani, she's a good friend of mine. Her daughter was in kindergarten. She was only six years old. And she came home crying because um, I think a white girl had teased her for having a mustache. And it just brought back all of these memories of my childhood and being the hairy kid and the hairy girl and being around all these like, you know, white skin, blonde girls that also were hairy, but they didn't have to mm -hmm. worry about it. Um, and, but it happened much later for me. And I think that was the thing that, um, my friend Sonia and I were talking about, she's like, what do I do with a six-year-old? Like I didn't start waxing or threading or any of that until maybe I was 11 or 12. And that's usually when the, that's when the bullying started for me was around mm -hmm. tweendom. And I, I'm just noticing with this generation of children, our children, everything's happening a little bit earlier. I don't know why I'm not like a child, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not a scientist on like the psychological uh -huh. issues of children, I'm a mother, uh -huh. but it's just something I'm noticing as an auntie and as a mom in the community. And um, yeah, it just was like, okay, what, what do we do? And so I wanted to, I wanted to write something where hair removal wasn't the answer. Um, and I wanted to write something about like accepting it because body hair, you know, it's, um, it's very like a loaded thing, right? Like in, in South Asian culture, like it's like being hairless, is associated with like cleanliness and being well-groomed. I think it's attached to colorism and shadism. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Darwin well, made mm -hmm. wealth, all of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my mom, when I was um, young and I, I guess the first, sometime, you know, first few times we did hair removal or anything like that, she actually put bleach on my, on my skin and like to turn those wow. hairs blonde and it would itch and, um, it's just like, there's also like a lot of trauma associated with it, you know, the hair mm -hmm. removal process. And so having a daughter, I really wanted to um, show her that like, you know, you, you don't have to do this. Like this is not required <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and creating a world where that was a possibility. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of like um, creating my, the realities that I wished mm -hmm. for, for my, my children and everyone's children. Yeah, you did such a phenomenal job, such a phenomenal Thank you. job. I um, that. It's it's a book that I 
could see being on every bookshelf. Like as a third grade teacher who teaches international, um, and I have kids uh, that are going through exact same thing. Um, oh, I, my wife has kids. My pain. wife teaches. Um, my wife is Indian. She teaches grade eight, and oh. she talks about this a lot. Um, and oh my how God, it's so brutal. It's like they. She talks about how the kids don't even want to be themselves based on what they see and everybody else doing and the reactions from other people. Um, and it, it's hard because like, you would like to think that school is this place where you can grow and people are, um, yeah. I don't want to say necessarily accepting you, but like they're at least like curious with like some sort of like being curious with respect is very different than being like ignorant or exactly. Um, Right. Exactly. So I think there's. I love like, that phrase that you just said. Curious with respect. I it's love. It's a huge that. disconnect. It's a very. It's a big disconnect when it I'm comes to. Write that down. Like <laughs> that describes what I was trying. Yeah. Like what I was trying to do with Zoe, right? And yeah. Noah in the book, like that. You there's a playful, fun, loving way to be curious and inquire without For sure. being. For sure. And I think that's that's a lot of what I try to talk to kids about, like, because kids, I do feel like kids can be malicious, of course, mm -hmm. just based yeah. on not having experiences, but they can be taught through experiences, through books that like, of course, if you have a question for someone, like, you can do that in a respectful way that doesn't make that other person like feel uncomfortable or put down. And it just, yeah. it just goes with practice. But I say that because your book is a great representation of that. Like it allows kids to see um, that you can have, you can be curious at the same time and you can also be respectful. That's what I got from it, at least. I um, love that. No, that <laughs> perfectly encapsulates what I was trying to do because, you know, you asked about my writing process. Like it was a bit cathartic for me. Mm -hmm. Like I made Zoe like the mean girl. And, like, <laughs> And like, then it was like rude, like, and then um, Lakshmi was like, well, you have one too. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like you should stop, ta stop talking because who are you? You are hairier than me or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that out of my system, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and like played around mm -hmm. with it. I sent it to writing groups. I had people of all backgrounds reading it. Mm -hmm. um just trying to get like a sense of like where it should go and um i'm very blessed that uh i have an amazing agent and you know she she read it like i had never written a children's book and um i, oh. I had written down a manuscript or like a, a story and it was very like dora the explorer it was like hi i'm lucky i'm walking to school my backpack is blue like i just didn't know what to like it was bernstein bears right like that's like what i grew up with nothing um, wrong with the, the bears were okay they were okay. okay okay sorry i do not mean to insult the bernstein bears it was amazing but you know, back when we were growing up, it was much more descriptive. It was like Very. a description and the, you know, and the pictures, a lot uh -huh. of words, <laughs> just a different time. It's just like, you know, and so he was like, I want you to read picture books, nothing before 2015, like only 2015 That's onward. And I did that and I, you know, 500 words. Josh Funk um, is another, you know, an am amazing picture book author. If you go mm -hmm. to his website, he has amazing advice on how to write a kid lit. 
Um, and you know, he's like 500 words. These are like, if you're using any of these words, take it out. Like just like really useful things. And, and, um, I just worked on it for like six, seven, eight months. And she looked at it again. She's like, wow, you really worked on this. I'm like, yeah, I really want to write this story. I really like, I want, I want to do this. I want to try to do this. And, um, she took me on and Namrata, I think, um, she's, you know, I, I kept editing and playing with it and she finally sent it out and Namrata Tripathi with Kokila, um, you know, bought awesome. it and brought her to life. I'm so, I'm so grateful to her and to Kokila and to, to Sabha. It's been, it's been a mm. surreal journey. It's been really wow. cool. Wow. That is, that's such a, such a cool, I'm sure there's so many other things that happen through that process. Um, but I love hearing the journey because I think that's what it's all about. Like sometimes people forget like you, I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard because people see the ending product, right? They see- yeah, people see the product and the product is a lot of work. And, <laughs> um, you know, and, it, and like it took four years, like my daughter, was born like you know came out in March I the first time I wrote something down was in 2017 and comes out you know four years later which is amazing and there I have a friend here in um in Georgia who's an amazing writer she has two books coming out Anjali and JT she has a collection of essays and um a uh a fiction you know um a novel and she, I mean, and she's been writing for 20 years, but she's finally gotten published. Like everyone's publication journey is different. different. And publication isn't the only way to like get your art out there, you know? I agree. And mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, we're lucky that we have Namrata, but we need more Namrathas, you know what I mean? In this industry mm-hmm. to like recognize our art and, and get more diversity and Thank being you. able to tell our stories. Um, so, it's been, but it's been, it's been an amazing journey. So far. I love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm so happy that you, I love, I appreciate people like you so much because you're already giving so much to the world. And then all of a sudden you also give more by creating books that are going to last forever. Honestly, like the, the books, the book that you've created is going to be one of those books that will last on bookshelves um, because Thank kids you. need it. That means a lot. I mean, me writing is also is also like a form of healing you know like that's what I do for self-care like writing in my journal and um and like storytelling is also part of that and um I just am blessed that I had a friend from school who mm-hmm. was a pub I mean that's the other thing right like I have that privilege I went to a good college and New England and I got that access to a friend that was able to go into that industry and so mm-hmm. um it was it's but you know I think um for me like writing and storytelling I think because of my social justice background and you know I I used to represent kids in school disciplinary hearings I've done I've done a lot of different types of like civil rights or civil cases and um or areas of law and um you know, just like imagine, I think being a mother has also made a huge impact on this desire to write and tell stories, to, to teach and to help kids evolve and, and just kind of intersecting, you know, or intercepting before what you were talking about. You were talking about your wife teaching eighth graders and like these children not wanting to be themselves and 
you know, like, I mean, I was talking, I, I just got my hair cut and it's like, I didn't even realize it was this curly. Like I'd never knew that because I'd always gone to these like white women that didn't know how to do ethnic hair. <laughs> Um, you know, and like, I'm not white, like I'm not, I'm not a black woman, so I don't have, but there's like no, like if Indian hair is different than, like, <laughs> Trust me, I know, my, like, I know, my wife tells me like, We did not time. have, I mean, we did not have the same hair as, as white folk, and I, you know, there's no like, people, you know, there were no hair, Indian hair salons or South Asian hair salons, so, other than oh. to get your hair removed, <laughs> that's what they did for you. They would wax it. They'll wax your hair off. <laughs> well, no, I think, yeah, I think all those things are true. And I think, again, I, again, very much appreciate the work. I know that you will continue to write just based on your story um, and having kids. I think kids will also motivate you to continue writing as well. Yeah, I think um, being around kids and see, like, I'll literally see something and I'll be like, I need to write about that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. And I think that they will learn from those books. And again, those books will allow other people um, that look like them and everyone else that doesn't look like them to, to enter this world that is really, really important as well. Um, yeah. And with your background, I know that the work that you're going to be doing is going to be rooted in something that's going to be um able to help kids grow which is great um yeah no i mean i think that i think that's like the biggest part for me like i you know and it's also like a, a process for me so like I, I do have a second book coming out um next year that i co-authored with um a friend of mine nomi ellenson um and it's about body positivity so in a similar similar vein to lakshmi in the sense that you know that was body hair positivity but this is like body positivity in terms of body shape ability mm -hmm. all of it and um the idea she she actually came up with the idea like I, I was she her sister and I are best friends from college and I was visiting with our kids and Nomi was like I want to write a book with you about body positivity like for kids and she she's actually a boudoir photographer in in Brooklyn Wow. And she like takes pictures of women of all colors, shapes, sizes, races, ethnicities, um, and just works on making women feel confident and beautiful and sexy and all of these wonderful things. And um, I was like, yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, body, um, I had read Roxane Gay's book, Hunger. And one of the things she writes about in that book is like children being children like looking at her and being like, look at that fat person. And it's like, a she knows it's pejorative in their head, right? That it's a mm -hmm. negative thing. And that it's like this shocking thing or whatever. And I was like, I, if my children did that to someone, you know, to Roxanne Gay, I would die of shame, <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. raising them properly to love mm -hmm. everyone. And, you know, having a girl and growing up in, a fat phobic culture and society. I just really didn't want that for my daughter and, mm -hmm. um, or either my children. And so I think that's where that came from. And for both of these books, it's also been like a self, like a healing journey for me about like um, body hair and my own body and self-love and self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. So it's not just teaching, but it's also like learning it as you're writing, which is, wow. which is cool. That's a, such a beautiful process. And I think though 
it can be challenging because I'm sure again that reflection time takes you to the periods in your life that have been hard. Um, yeah. There is, I tend to believe at least that there is beauty and reflection, um, and there is healing and reflection as well. Um, so I want to, you know, I want to thank you so much. You shared so much in. I know. I just like talked. I used you as therapy, man, <laughs> and I just was like, oh, you want to talk? <laughs> sure. Well, we you want, you want me to get away from die. my kids and talk to a human? Okay. Okay, and the person's like really laughed and like shares your values and all right. And he asks you how you're feeling about the state of the world. <laughs> so it's personal and therapy. I think you need to put in parentheses and therapy. <laughs> I might add that in. <laughs> like very therapeutic. Gosh, I feel so much lighter right now. Where, you where like, can people find you? Like you like a psych major? What did you? <laughs> you know, what it's you funny. Done? I never. I. It's so funny that you asked that because I love, I love psych in school. I was more um, very heavy on anthropology, sociology, um, and then education later on. Okay, but, but that's like I get it. No, that's yeah. I but I I I love psych, but I was awful in it. Like I just didn't. I understood it. Um, I really found it really interesting. But I could never take a test. Like I think I just didn't do well. I could never take tests in psychology. Everything else was fine. It was yeah. It was yeah. But I, guess I think part what of... you majored in makes you like you you studied the human experience, and so you know how to talk about that. And I think uh, yeah, I just find it so interesting. I do, I do. So yeah, I'm hey, I'm always here if you need to chat. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh, well, always. I